It's the Paddle Woo Podcast. Paddle Woo! <laughs> That's how my son says it. He always says Paddle Woo! And it makes me laugh. I love it. Um, thank you for tuning in to the Paddle Woo Podcast. I am your host, Eric Antonson. Coming at you today from beautiful Costa Rica. We have just had three of probably the best uh, days of the year on the reef. Uh, me and Oscar, just the two of us. Actually, my, my buddy Kurt joined us one day, but it's been, it's been really fun. So I'm a bit tired. I took the day off from surfing today, which doesn't happen too often, but... I don't wonder how many miles. I've got a GPS watch that I didn't wear this week. It would have been nice to know how many miles we logged on the reef over the last uh, over the last three days. It was really fun. Uh, big thank you to all of the fans who have been emailing in, showing support. I really appreciate it. It is a labor of love, a true passion. Uh, doing this, you know, recently leaving a. You know, I was uh, I owned a real estate brokerage for the last while and have sold that, and now paddle surfing is my passion and my project. And so I appreciate all the support. It's been a ton of fun, and I'm really excited about the upcoming year um, with Blue Zones Up and some of the things, which well, I'll announce right now. Why not? Uh, for the upcoming year, along with the normal groups that we run, which are generally, you know, six to 10 surfers, we will be doing private retreats, which I'm excited about because I absolutely love surf trips. And that'll basically be uh, what our private re retreats are. So come down with your buddies, a couple guys, um, or solo if you'd like, and uh, we'll just do a surf trip. And it's the same infrastructure that we run for our groups. It's just a private tailored experience for what you'd like to do. Uh, and it does open up surfing a couple spots that we can't surf with uh, six, six to 10 folks. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun. I'm really excited about doing that. And we also have uh, new accommodations for the year coming up. We've invested in a, uh, in a compound, big old five bedroom, beautiful, beautiful place right next to the beach and so that is going to be an incredible place to run our 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 retreats from so i cannot wait for all that to start and i really appreciate all of the sport all of the emails uh, and all of that so thank you guys the video contest just wrapped up and i've had a week now to think about how we did and we did pretty good i would say i'm excited for i'm excited about the excitement that the contest uh, exists. And I'm excited that since the first contest has run, we've received, I don't know, 10 to 13 entries already into the second contest. And I know that a lot of the athletes that were in the first contest, uh, actually all of them have said they want to be a part of the second. We'll see if Justin can. Uh, hopefully he'll be, he'll be back on this board before that and send something in that would be amazing so it looks like the second contest will be a lot better than the first and we've learned a lot in the process and so i'm excited about uh i'm excited about running that one that's going to be great um, if you'd like to sponsor the contest and grow the prize if you're sponsoring the contest none of it's going to go to paddle Woo. it's only going to go to prize money i'd like to grow the prize as big as possible for it to be uh the biggest possible incentive for the surfers to enter. And hopefully we can grow this video series and really create some amazing content for all of us to enjoy. So 
If you've got a business in the sport, think about sponsoring the contest because it's only going to help you in the future because the, the, uh, the more we get out the content, the more that we are able to showcase what's really possible on these little boards and from these amazing athletes, uh, the more the sport's going to grow. And then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy there for, for all of us in the sport. So hopefully uh, we'll get some good sponsors for this next event. All right, let's get into it. Today's guest is Giorgio Gomez. Giorgio Gomez surfs for Starboard, and according to Colin McPhillips, he might have the best backside surfing game in the sport of stand-up paddle surfing. Today, what I like about this episode is that Giorgio was very candid in regards to top-level athletes and the use of production boards. And I think it starts a great conversation that I'll go into a little bit now, listen to the episode, and then think about it. And that is, you've got production boards being used by the athletes from the bigger brands. And the bigger brands are going to get the best surfers because they've got the budget to do it. And so they're putting those athletes on the production boards because it helps them, obviously, sell boards in contests. Now, that's great. But where this gets interesting is uh, two things. One, you've got models that are made for certain athletes that are tailored directly to those athletes, and then other athletes on those teams having to surf the same model on a board that's not tailored to their surfing. And so then that gets difficult if you are a professional athlete having to surf against someone on a board that's not made for you, that's made for them. Um, and so as a professional athlete, you've got to manage your career, and surfing boards that are made for you obviously is a bit better. Now, that doesn't affect us as a surfing populace. What does affect us as a surfing populace is the fact that, you know, if you listen to the Noah Janela episode, uh, Nash guys are riding the same production model for a whole entire year. And then throughout that year, they're you know, designing, talking about the next year's model. They get the next year's model. They hope that they got it right. And then they surf that board for a year. And then the process goes on according, according to that episode. And I think that's amazing. And I think it's amazing that those athletes work together for that type of, um, of design and that process. However, where I think it does not, uh, behoove the sport is the fact that throughout a year, if you were really focusing on making the best boards and you were working with a shaper, you could go through easily six, six different iterations of a model. And that's where Mo and Pat Rawson probably have a little bit of advantage is that there's a constant direct feedback between an incredible shaper and an incredible athlete, and their boards are changing pretty frequently. You know, right on the last episode, right after the, the video contest, Mo's talking about he's going about to change some bottom design contours and see how they work. If you've got athletes that have to wait for a whole year, it's going to be difficult to try, especially variations that may not work. And so that's going to hurt all of us who are fans of the sport. And I think that it would not hurt the brands to release one model, the best of whatever they've been able to come up with over a year, but maybe not have the top athletes riding the production boards throughout the year because we'll see a better design process and at the end of the year we'll get a better board in our hands as lay people than we would have if they were just designing one board throughout the year so think about it it's food for thought it's an interesting point of discussion and it's one that um, i think if i was a rider or a brand 
I would prefer to have the sport evolving as fast as possible. And I'd want, I'd want my riders on the best equipment and I'd want the populace, the surfing, the surfing, uh, rank and file to have access to the best of whatever we've come up with throughout the year. Uh, all right. So let's get on with the show. Giorgio Gomez, thank you very much for joining us on the Padawu podcast today. Where are you coming from this morning? Hi, um, thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, right now I'm in San Clemente, California. Okay. Right now I'm kind of living out here now. And um, yeah, I mean, it's fun liking it. There's a lot, a lot of surfing going on out here, so it's great. Right on. And for folks who don't know who you are, give us you know a few minutes of your background, where you grew up, how you started surfing. Family history is pretty cool for you, so touch on that a little bit. And then when you uh, got on tour and then made it out to California. Yeah. So, um, hi, I'm Giorgio Gomez. Um, I'm originally from Florida, but I'm actually originally from the Gulf Coast. A lot of people think I'm from the East Coast, but um, I was born and raised uh, on a little island called Anna Maria Island. It's like a barrier island just right off the town of Bradenton, Florida. So, and anyways, um, yeah, I was there till I was about end of fifth grade. So I was probably about, I mean, maybe like nine, something like that or something. Like yeah, I think nine. But um, basically how I started surfing was I was probably like around two and my grandpa owns a surf shop. My grandparents do. So my grandpa took me out surfing when I was like two and like pushed me into my first waves and like taught me how to surf and everything. And yeah, and that's when I started getting hooked. And I started like, you know, I played tennis and soccer and all those sports. And then like kind of when I got around the age of 10 or nine or something like that, I really wanted to surf. And that's when we made the move to over to um, Jupiter, which is the East Coast. And yeah, I've been, went to school there. I just started surfing, you know, shortboarding and, um, yeah, just been surfing and doing all that. And then, um, basically I, I was doing, uh, you know, the pro juniors for shortboarding and, uh, the QSs too, like here and there when they were around, I'd go and travel for shortboarding. And then, um, randomly enough, I, uh, was up in New Smyrna and I was doing this ESA for shortboarding and there was a paddleboarding exhibition and I, I just had a paddleboard made, but it was like an eight Oh by, uh, Juan Rodriguez. And basically, yeah, I entered the little expedition expedition and just surfed and had fun. You know, I wasn't like just trying to do my best and like surf, you know, the way I can surf. And, and, uh, yeah, this guy came up to me after and, this guy named Steve Sugarud, just big, you know, tall guy. And um, I was like, who is this guy? And he was like, hey, man, um, you're really good at what you do, like paddleboarding. I'm like, oh, no, that's just like a hobby. I'm just like just doing it for fun. It's just another thing to do on the water. I I think it's fun, though. And he's like, well, what if I told you you could be competing with the best guys in the world like you are up there with those guys? I'm like, oh, no, 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 those guys are probably, like, insane. He goes, no, I'm serious. Like, I can help you, like, if you really want to take a, take a chance and go for it. I was like, really? 
I was like, no way. He goes, yeah, I can hook you up with this company called Starboard. And I'm like, do you even know who that is? I go, no. And then I later on researched it and they're like the biggest name in paddleboarding. So it's pretty crazy. And I was like, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take this chance and go for it. And, and you know, also do paddleboarding. And that's kind of where it started was like probably about three years ago, I'd have to say. Yeah, about three years ago, I uh, got into paddleboarding. And, um, yeah, I got on starboard and ever since then, you know, I just, that's, I've been paddleboarding. That's, that, and then, that's pretty yeah. crazy. It's, um, you know, Sean Poyner was on the show, I think episode three and, okay. uh, his story with starboard is very similar to starboard kind of approached him and saw his talent in surfing and said, Hey, you could, you could do really well at this. Well, yeah. So it seems like Starboard was really smart early on in picking out great surfers and saying, "Hey, there's an opportunity for you to do this," and cultivated their team that way. That, that's yeah. that's a pretty intelligent move there. And and the funny thing was too is um, the same guy that got the same guy that got me on was the same guy that got Sean on basically uh-huh. on the board, which was crazy. Uh, big shout out to Steve Sugar. Um, I wouldn't be you know, doing what I'm doing or here now if it wasn't for you to like pick me out of that crowd and, you know, help me out. So thanks so much for that. And uh yeah, I mean, basically just um after that, um I graduated high school and then well I was homeschooled anyway, but um how old are you now, like, Giorgio? I'm nineteen now. Okay. But um yeah and basically he uh, he 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 picked you out and you you were homeschooled, you graduated high school and then what what did you do after high school? Um, right now we, uh, my mom's sister and I, we, uh, moved to California last year in August. So it'll be, or be almost a month here or almost a year here in, uh, California. So yeah, last year we just drove up, we packed it up and we drove cross country and, um, you know, came here. So it was definitely a great move because I wasn't sure because I had a um I had a lot of buddies back at home and like we'd go and like this is like kind of during when I just started race training and stuff and like getting into racing and you know I kind of had like a good little training regimen over there and I didn't know what to expect out here I mean I was coming out here like I knew everybody because I like was coming out here for like six years of just like for shortboarding contests and like I'd have paddleboarding contests also and um. So like, I mean, I knew people, but like, I just wasn't like, I just wasn't like dialed in on my training regimen because I train a lot. So it's like, it's, it was hard because I had a trainer back in Florida. I still do. When I come back, I train with him. And, um, but right now, you know, I was fortunate to really, really grateful and fortunate to like become like really good friends with Chuck Patterson. Okay. And, um, yeah, me and him were like. We just like we mess with each other all the time. Like, like it's it's kind of it's a funny relationship. But we're like, he's like a he's like a um, nineteen year old in like a forty year old's body. Basically, <laughs> he's he's a nineteen year old in a Hulk's body. Yeah, nineteen <laughs> Hulk's body. But he's a teddy bear. I mean, he's he's a gentle giant. Like, he like we'll fully rag on each other. Like we're like kids, basically. Like I mean, so then he got me in with. Um, training with the uh, foundation fitness and um 
these people from um, San Clemente that have a gym right up by Sup the Mag, if you're kind of familiar with that area. It's like um, just right in San Clemente. But, um, yeah, it's great, great training. Um, really, uh, really stoked and fortunate to be, um, you know, taking, you know, have Chuck help me out and find these people so I can train with them. And, and uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely a um, – a blessing for sure, and I really appreciate it. So let's talk. Uh, let's talk training a little bit. There's a lot of fitness geeks that listen to the show. So yeah, how do you train? What's your What's your balance for cardio versus weight training versus time in the water paddling? Break down kind of a week of your training because I assume you don't do the same things every day. No, um, because I mean, yeah, doing the same thing isn't good. Isn't good. But uh, basically. Um, what I'll do is like a normal week where I'll wake up at like five in the morning. Um, and I'll get cereal. I'll just start waking up and then I'll leave my house around five forty to go to the place. Cause I, you know, I like to be a little bit early just so I can kind of, you know, roll some of the muscles out, lactic acid out. And then we'll train. We'll do, there's like a six o'clock session and, um, we'll, um, I mean, it's different every day, so it's it's fun. So it's but it's uh. Was it like a CrossFit type of training? No, we all do body weight training. It's just all body weight, okay. basically. And I mean, we'll use dumbbells too. I mean, just depending on the exercise. But I mean, in the morning class, like you'll see like guys such as like Rob Rojas, uh, Chuck Patterson, Jeremy Bain, um, you know, my sister, myself. Um, you know, whoever, whoever's, you know, in town sometimes. So anyways, yeah, you'll see like, you know, those three guys, you know, who are great paddlers and, um, yeah, I mean, we'll, uh, we'll do like things like, um, like interval training basically. Okay. And it's like, uh, basically, I mean, it's all body weight. I mean, we're using medicine, like we're using like medicine balls or, um, dumbbells but no heavy lifting at all no heavy weights and um i think for me like if you want to be a racer if you want to train and stuff i think it's good to just be like to be lean and agile and fast because you want to be because there's a difference between being strong and being big because being big it's just you're just building up muscle you're but like if you're lean you're strong Mm -hmm. like because you're, you know, for racing, you got to be quick. You got to be agile. You got to be, even in surfing too, you don't need to build extra weight. You just need to get stronger. That's all you need to do. And um, basically, I mean, I'm just looking to get stronger. I'm not looking to build muscle so much. I mean, naturally, you're going to build muscle no matter what you're doing, but it's not like drastically, you're just, you're gaining like 25, 30 pounds of muscle within like, a month or two period. Well, yeah, it's a you know, complete detriment to paddling. I mean, weight, it's like, weight is super bad for you. Yeah. And so, I mean, everybody's different, but most likely, I mean, the racer, a lot of the racers, I mean, a lot of the racers will, you know, not really lift weights. They'll just do a lot of paddling or, or um, basically. It seems like a lot of the best talent in surfing is starting to move into the racing scene and and I don't know if it's sponsors trying to push guys into doing it because there's more better competition there bigger prize money bigger audience 
or if it's that there's a passion from the from the surfers into going into racing. Can you explain kind of that transition and why that's happening for so many guys right now? Yeah, I mean, half the reason is too is yeah, the sponsors want you know their riders to be all around and basically be doing both, and and that's that's definitely a good you know reason because then you you know you're a valuable you know asset to a company basically sure. you're basically doing it all, and. Um, yeah, I mean, it just depending on the person. I mean, I've talked to a lot of surfers and, you know, some of them are like, no way, like, I don't want to race or any of that. Or, or some will be like, yeah, you know, I'll race for sure. And, um, but I don't know, for me, like what really, what really, um, lit a fire under my butt was like, well, I, I didn't enjoy racing. Like Starboard wanted me to race, but I didn't want to race cause I didn't, I thought it was kind of like dumb and I didn't want to get hurt and any of this stuff because I, you know, heard some guys getting like tendonitis or pulling shoulders out of socket. And I was just like, you know, I, I just want to be able to surf. I don't want to be able to like, you know, be out of the water because of that. And, but what really lit a fire under my butt is I, I was in Abu Dhabi for the world series race there, the grand slam. And I was just sitting on the sidelines, just watching like Connor Kai, uh, Mo, Eric Tarian, um, Cody Kerbox, like just all those like, you know, great, great racers. And, um, basically I, yeah, I mean, I was just like, I was just watching that and, you know, and I was with their, you know, I was with some of their girlfriends like cheering, but I was like, you know what? I was like, <laughs> I, I feel like I'd rather be, I'd rather be out there than be a cheerleader. And I was like, I was like, you know what? I go, I can do this. I was like, cause, um, I'm really into training. I'm really into pushing my body to its limits and, and, pushing it even farther than what I can do. And I just felt like that could be, that's perfect for like what you want to like do. Cause, and, um, Ryan Helm actually, um, he really, he came to me and he's like, dude, you need to start racing. You really do. Cause it's just, you, you like, you'd be surprised like you know, um, it's just great. Like your sponsors would love it. And you would definitely, you know, I think you could be, you know, good at it and stuff too. And, you know, you just have to just train and like enjoy it and stuff. And I was like, you know, in my mind, I was like, yeah, you know, maybe, I don't know. I was over it. I was like, I don't want it. But now like I, I can see why he really like, you know, said like, yeah, and I was, and I was like, yeah, cause that really, um, let spark. Cause Ryan actually was like my first trainer when I was a little kid. He, uh, he took me under his wing when we were still in shortboarding before, this is like way before paddleboarding. And he would help me out with um, my surfing too. But uh, yeah, so he's always been a mentor to me too, and which was really awesome. And um, he still is. He still helps me out too. But um, yeah, big shout out to him. And uh, anyways, um, yeah. So I that that basically lit a fire under my butt, and I wanted to start racing after that. After I saw that race, and I just it kind of just something sparked, and I wanted to like just start racing. That was it. <laughs> Just because of that, just that, I don't know. Just, just watching your buddies, just watching yeah. your buddies get it and, and you hanging yeah. out with their girlfriends. Yeah. Just, Some people might like hanging out with their girlfriends, who knows? Yeah. No, I mean, it was, it was I mean, I don't mind, but it was like, I don't know, I just didn't, I just didn't want to be on the sidelines anymore. I wanted to be out there in the action. Yeah. So that's, I gotcha. So that's like basically why I kind of. Well, I'm sure that spending the time training on a race board makes it easier to paddle ridiculously small boards. I mean, Kieran and Fisher were just down here surfing with me for a week, and Kieran's a stud on the race scene. 
uh, the board he paddles, the way he gets out of the water on it, um, I got to think that a lot of that just comes from the sheer strength of the training he's doing for racing. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy, too. Like, um, like uh, yeah, Kieran Fisher, Mimo, like, you know, um, other, you know, other guys, too. Like, I mean, we're sinking to our knees, basically, on our boards now. And it's like, uh, I mean... But it's it's almost people think like it's harder, but I think it's easier because there's no wind or ocean current underwater. It's just calm. Yep. Wow, it's just hitting your legs and everything's calm underwater. But basically, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you do one stroke, you're out of the water, and it's just like you know, it's it's just like uh, I think it's better because you're you know, if you can balance on it, you're fine. Because on the wave, it's so nice. So you know, ride a board that like that like forgiving and everything. So you're able to like fully, you know, do what you want to do. Like you're actually riding a shortboard instead of, you know, riding like a tank floating above the water. But, um, <laughs> yeah, basically like one paddle and you're out of the water and everything. So it's, it's cool. What, what are you riding right now? What's your go-to board? Right now, um, I'm using, uh, I was using a seven, four by 24, but now and by three and a quarter. Now I was using a seven two by twenty five. I think I think it's a quarter. I don't know. I have to measure it again. But and then it's two and or it's uh, three and three and a quarter. Three and three and a quarter. Yeah. Um, I've seen some videos recently of you doing some big backside hacks on a board that looks like it has like black rails on it. Is that that board? Yeah, that was a prototype I made. Um, that I was gonna send to starboard just to see you know what they think but um anyways uh yeah um anyway. something that we've talked about on the show a good bit with uh justin and sean both is kind of the starboard design process and it it seems to be um pretty cool design process with the feedback loop that you've got with uh with the guys there at starboard for yeah. progression on the boards yeah you know, it's great, you know, I mean, it's, it's good because, um, you know, you got, it's, it's a little bit less stressful too, I mean, because you have the guys, like, you, you know, you're not the only one that just has to, like, have the pressure of, like, providing feedback and stuff, you have, like, you know, Justin Holland, you have Sean, you have Zane, you have, um, you know, Izzy too in there for sure, and, um, and, yeah, it's basically, you know, it's a lot of help and, uh, it's, um, yeah, it's great. And I mean, a lot of everybody's knowledgeable, like about like their equipment and stuff and they all have something interesting to say. So it's always good to have that feedback and it, but it's like also too, it's kind of hard because it's like kind of hard to directly make a board for one person. It's almost impossible because I mean, you, ha you kind of have to have a board exactly made for you, and that's the hard part about the whole process, though. Sure. Because, I mean, if you look at the guys on the on the surfing world tour, like w WSL, not they're not riding the same boards. They're all riding oh, the no. boards made for them. You know, they can't they can't ride what Slater's riding, or they can't ride what Jordy Smith's riding. You know, and so like, I mean, if if they we're able to do that, Jordy Smith would be world champion, basically. And our Kelly Slater, you know, would be, because everybody's riding the same, you know, the same board, you can't, can't really do that because everybody surfs different. 
everybody has different styles and everybody's body shapes are way, di- way different too. So it's, it's like a whole different kind of like process. So it's, it's, it's good and it's hard. It's good. And it's like bad at the same time, just because it's like cool to like try to design a board for like everybody can use, but it's also the hard part and bad part is because you can't, it's like, it's really hard to make a board that's made for, that would work for everybody's style and different, you know, surfing. Yeah. So I was, uh, Noah Janela just recorded a show and it's not live yet, but um, by the time yours is up, it, it will be. So people will have heard it. And he was talking about, uh, the fact that the Nash guys are all riding the production boards. And I would have sworn that, uh, especially Kai would have been getting custom boards and just painting them. But he's saying, no, that they're all riding those boards and that it's, it's tough at the end of the year when they're waiting for a few months to get out the next, the next model. Cause they're all jonesing for it so bad. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's impressive. yeah, it's great. You know, I agree with that too. And, um, basically, yeah, I mean, all contests long last year, I was writing production boards for Sean, made by Sean. Mm-hmm. And then, um, Lately, I've been getting a lot of prototypes um, between me and my sister. Um, Izzy got two new ones, new prototypes made, which are look like they're working really good for her. And then uh, I have um, just one right now that I'm using. And then, but um, basically, I mean, we're just trying to provide feedback. Basically, I mean, they look like the Star Wars for sure. It's just you know they're just not the production shapes. But um, I mean, maybe they will be next year. Yeah, maybe we'll see. Yeah. Um, no, and that's something that's that's flabbergasted me about the progression of the sport in the shortboarding. It seems to me like, and this might be a huge overstatement, and it might anger some people in the industry, but whatever. Um, it seems to me like the super high performance end of and this is part of the reason I'm doing this podcast. It, yeah. it seems to me like the super high end performance end of this sport is almost used to sell boards to people who aren't on that. And so it, it, it doesn't seem like it's, it's where they're putting a lot of the time and energy into uh, research and design. Um, you know, I'm, I'm working with a shaper here in Costa Rica, and we've done four or five boards in the last, in the last like, I don't know, eight or nine months, you know, just trying to refine and get something that we like. And yeah. um, I'm surprised that some of the top tier guys on the world tour aren't going through two boards a month to try to get to really dial in what, cause I think we're still probably, you know, three to five years away from really knowing where a board needs to be. I don't think we're anywhere close to it yet. Yeah. I mean, I a hundred percent agree because I mean, you know, basically on the business side of it, but I don't also, I don't agree with like what, it's like able to do basically because I mean you have your top riders and it's I know it's like I know like the people the public and everything wants to ride what you know either I'm riding or Sean's riding or whatever what we're all riding and I understand the business side of that I completely 100% understand that but the thing is for us though for the riders is you know we have expectations on our back and it's it's hard because for me, you know, people, the guys that are, that are on Starboard that don't have the models, like such as me and Izzy and, you know, um, a couple other guys, it's really hard to perform because you're riding a board that's not made for you and you're expected to win, you know, events and world titles and whatever it is. And 
heats and you know everything it's like you know it's it's really hard because it's like you can't perform to your full potential sorry another another garbage truck yep that's all good thank you (laughs) (laughs) performing to your full potential i mean it's really hard so it's like because i mean like the average person gets has gets to ride the same exact board i'm riding which is can't really just doesn't work like that i mean it's that's the thing it's i mean it's so new that nobody knows yet like what it's really what it's really like because i mean you take you take you take um okay you take uh let's just take slater for a second chant and he was riding for channel island so take slater he has he has to ride a um a production channel islands board same dimensions, every just one dimension, everything. He can't get anything else, and then yet, the average person ha- gets to ride the same exact board as him, and he has to ride that board, and he he can't perform to his full potential because the board's not made for him. So, nice. how, how is he able to win a world title? How is he able to win a contest or whatever he has to do? Because he can't, because he has. A production board like not made for him and it's really sure. hard i understand the business side of it i really do and it's you know it's definitely it's a great thing but in another sense for the riders it's really hard because you don't have a board made for you and you can't live up to your expectations to win an event or win a world title mm-hmm. if you can't perform 100 percent on the board that's given to you yeah well so and even and even Slater, who gets the best boards from Channel Islands, I know at times, um, was riding logoed boards from somebody else in different spots. Yeah, of course, for sure. You know? Yeah. So. And that's the thing. It's like customs are, are basically, there's a reason for customs is because it's to make a custom board for someone. You know? It's like, I mean. Well, and that's how progression happens too. Yeah. Because you can go back and you can iterate and iterate and iterate and then you can land on something that's truly great but it's tough if you're if you're getting to do a couple designs a year yeah that progress is going to be a lot slower than if you've got somebody cutting i mean the way that i the way that i've been doing it is i buy board i get them at a pretty good price down here and i use them for like a month or so i figure out what i like about them and i sell them for i lose like 200 bucks on a board something like that but i can get a new board every couple months and just kind of change it up right and um yeah, don't get me wrong. Like Starboard's production boards are are fantastic. Like I think they might be the best production boards. Yeah. I'm not knocking that at all. I mean, oh, especially as far right. as construction goes, I have a seven four Airborne that I've had for like it was one of my first boards, and the thing's still perfect because yeah. the construction is so good. Yeah, I mean the construction is like unbelievable. It's like how tough they are, uh-huh. and how light they are. Uh, yeah, and how light they are. They're as light as a feather. They're as strong as like, I mean, a steel wall basically, and it's like. I mean, you can drop them, you can smash them. I mean, I've like done everything I could, and it's things still pristine. And basically, I mean, the only, the only, yeah, I mean, their their boards are probably the, by by far the best production boards on the market. I think. I mean, I'm not just saying that because I'm riding for Star Wars because I've ridden you know the other companies' production boards, and I really consider Star Wars to be the best by far. But yeah, just in my other sense, just just basically speaking my mind, it's just um, you know, it's I think we need to. I think companies and 
Well, and in the future, I think it's actually good for starboard. I think you so know, I th I think that you know, I think that. Okay, let's let's break this down into a couple parts. Number one, the better the sport is, the more surfers are going to want to get into it, mm -hmm. and then there's going to be a bigger market for boards. So the faster progression happens. I mean, I'm one of the guys who I believe that in I don't know five years you're going to see the level of stand-up paddle surfing be pretty similar to the level of really good shortboarding, probably minus some air game. Yeah. And you're going to see a lot more surfers intrigued. I know down here, um, I don't surf anywhere near as good as, you know, you guys do, uh, but I surf okay. And I get people paddling up to me all the time who are stoked because they haven't seen stand-up paddle surfing at that level before in person. Yeah. And so they're, you know, you're winning fans over slowly. Yeah. And the faster progression happens, the the faster the sport is going to grow. So that's good for everybody. Yeah. And you know, yeah, definitely. And that's the thing Like companies, yeah, need to know is basically they need to, you know, they just need to make boards for the riders because they, you know, they have the expectations to, you know, they have the team and they have mm -hmm. the expectations, but it, you know, you can't live to the expectations and what, you know, what, what good is it to have expectations if you can't, you know, have right. it provided for someone that can't perform a hundred percent on their equipment and that's that's the only thing I'm trying to like you know get out and like kind of like you know you know kind of um, put some sense out there. It's basically you know it's that's kind of like how it needs to be. Is you know we need to go to customs and then you know you have your production line of course and but I mean for right now I think that all riders should get custom boards. If you're on the world tour level, you need to get custom boards because I mean. You know, that's you're competing with the best surfers. I mean, it's not fair for me because I'm like I'm versing, you know, like like our Salazar, Kyle Vaz, um, you know, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like Bant Road Digger, like all those guys that are on custom boards. Like it's really hard because they're they're at a hundred percent, and I'm, yeah. at, you know, what? Where and Mo's got Pat Ross in shape and form. I mean, that's like the the best shaper ever. Yeah, and it's like yeah. I mean, I'm going up against Mo, and it's like you know, I mean. In my mind, it's like, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm definitely going in, like, I'm not defeated, but, you know, I'm going in there is basically, I'm going to make the best I can do out of what I have, but it's just really hard to, you know, comp go up against someone who's 100% and you're like, you know, not even half, you know, it's that, that's the hard thing, it's like. I would be surprised, though, if you talked to Starboard and they were against uh, some sort of research and design program for bettering their 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 production models because oh, no. essentially it should just you should be able to to work with the shaper dial things in and be like hey this is sick let's do this in production next year and then that happens you know well that's what we're that's what we're doing i mean we are bettering the boards like the boards the 2016s i heard will be a lot better in the 15s so and we're actually going to have a different kind of paint job too so um like completely different ones. So, right. but anyways, um, yeah. And production board or, 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 or custom boards are probably only for the top 1% of the market. I mean, the, the production boards work for almost everybody except oh, yeah. for the guys um, really yeah. on the world tour. And I'm, and I'm actually uh, impressed that production boards have stayed kind of the staple for as long as they have on the world tour. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that you'll see once there's more money getting into the sport on the surfing side, you'll see that pressure 
for everyone to have their own equipment at a different level. I think that probably right now, I mean, I, I would I would bet a lot of money on this, that most most of the riders are making way more money off of their sponsors than they are off of the World Tour winning events. 100% for sure. Yeah. So then you have a loyalty to your sponsor more than to winning an event. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, that's also a great thing too. I mean, but right now, like, I mean, the hard part is, I mean, basically because of that, I mean, the World Tour thing, it's kind of like, being a being a stand up surfer, you have to kind of commit to the world tour. There's no mm-hmm. such thing as the free surfing side right now because none of the magazines or any of the because I want to I want to push for free surfing kind of you know I, I want to I mean you need more than one person to help you with that gig like but I mean basically right now I mean it's hard because you know you know though Georgia I actually think that stand-up paddle surfing lends itself more to free surfing than it does to contest especially from the media side from from the from the benefit to a brand i mean the cool thing about stand-up surfing is the access to cool spots and yeah getting offshore surfing by yourself uh that's what i love about it. i mean where i live i've got a wave that i, I surf by myself all the time because it's a 20-minute paddle on a stand-up to get out there and the wave's insane no one wants to go out there yeah um I actually think that that might be something you could push for more and get those doors opened up for you because the sport completely lacks good content right now, which is part of what Paddle was trying to do. I don't know if you know about the video contest that we're doing, but um, you know we're trying to cultivate content um, because there's so little out there for the sport right now. So I think if you could figure out a way to have you know, a videographer follow you around all the time and just go surf dope waves and yeah. have Starboard be releasing a video once a week or, t- yeah. every, or, you know, twice a month. Yeah. They'd be stoked, man. That'd be probably better benefit to the brand than you do in the, the world tour events, I would guess. Yeah. I mean, it's great, you know, because I mean, the only hard part is, I mean, you know, not seeing the magazines aren't like, you know, doing great stuff, but I mean, it's just, yeah, I mean, I think Starboard would be willing, but the only thing is I think they want is just results for now, I think. I think they're kind of not sure. I think a lot of the companies are not sure about the free surfing kind of soul thing is they're kind of like they don't they're not sure if they want to get into that, you know, kind of that gig yet. I mean, it's kind of like surfing. I mean, back in like the 9 like where where paddleboarding is is where surfing was in the late 80s early early 90s. Because I might say even earlier than that, man. Yeah, maybe an earlier. I, th- I think it's skateboarding at Dogtown and Z Boys right now. Yeah, because the only thing is, it's just, it's like all about results. It's all about results. It's kind of like not really about like you know the soul thing. And like when free surfing really started happening was probably like around maybe the two thousands, late nineties. And that's the thing. It's like, um, you know, people realize like, wow, you know, this is actually this is legit like you know maybe we need to like you know invest in like all you know this and now look at free surfing now it's like there's there's like little companies like that um do just have like they're like little they have their riders and they go on trips and they film and whatever they do and and that's the thing it's like that's a whole nother thing i think it would be more unique too because it's just i think we need to like i think companies and stuff need to push for that because that can be just a whole nother like thing because people want to see what you're doing like people want to just see other than just contests they want to see like oh where did Giorgio go like let's see what Giorgio or let's see what Mo let's see what you know Zane let's see what Sean like where'd they go and like let's check out their their video or everyday life or whatever 
in that magazine the story or you know like basically like that and I, I mean it's slowly pushing towards that but it's it needs to like really go faster I think because I think that can be a a whole nother like era for sure and I think I think it'll be great if free surfing really starts happening because then well, I, it's, it's great it's more fun <laughs> to be honest yeah, it's it, it's more fun, and I also think that it's what the fans want to see. I mean, the contest format, you watch ASP surfing. Yeah. You don't really care so much about who wins the heats. You just want to see the best guys in the world surf really good waves. And I think that, that the ASP, I mean, I think you could start a free surfing league where you take 10 guys and you put them at, like, really awesome waves and you just live broadcast it and people would pay to watch it. I know I would. That'd be, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I thought about doing that a couple years ago, just, like, getting some guys just going around the world and just, you know, doing doing straight cool content where there's no, yeah. no real format to it. Yeah. But that would work for stand-up. Yeah. So, well, let's talk, uh, you've lived in Florida and California, mm-hmm. traveled a bunch in Europe. What's the vibe like for stand-ups in the water at each of those? Is it pretty similar? Is it different? Where's the Where's the best vibe? Where's the worst vibe? When I, I think the worst vibe is California for sure. Yeah. Um, not not saying it's not bad place, but I'm just saying like everybody. If you see a stand up, you're instantly a kook. Basically, uh-huh. it's kind of like that. Um, it's they're not accepting of it over here. Like it's like I mean, there's like a group. Like I mean, at Sano, like um, you have we have like a own little like area called dog patch and mm-hmm. you can surf there and stuff and that's it and then the rest of santa's all you know surfing and whatever but yeah i mean you know there's a lot of stand-ups there and basically like nobody really paddleboards t-street i'll go paddleboard t-street just depending on the crowd and depending on the waves and stuff but um yeah i'll go surf there and i mean nobody will really say anything to me either i mean it's just because i mean the vision the vision that they have is like we they think like like a you guy a guy on a ten foot board just hogging the lineup and eating crap and like flinging his board out and that's like the wrong thing and it's like now like people come up to me like yeah like what you said earlier it's like we've never seen this before like you know like this is like that's crazy you're you're able to do that stuff on a on that board and so but yeah I mean still I think the I think California right now needs to really be more accepting of it and um it's it's just hard because it's like people are just like so like stubborn for like a new thing you know what I mean like it's just I don't know it's kind of they're just like not not really too accepting of it so that's kind of gotcha. a bummer. but I mean still I mean there's I mean there's people you know always seeing it though too and but um, Florida is really nice. I mean, when I started, people were kind of getting, like, in my hometown, Jupiter, people were kind of like, oh, like, like I don't know, dude, like, what are you, like, doing with that? And and um, my my photographer that, I, that I'm with basically all the time is Greg Panis, and he um, basically, I mean, he's, he's filmed surfing, sh- you know, shoot surfing and stuff, and he's kind of... He made the jump over to paddleboarding, you know, shooting paddleboarding, and and he's, um, you know, great, great photos. And basically, the majority of all my photos that I post are basically of his his photos. So, um, 
anyways, yeah, I mean, he, he helped me, like, we would always go and shoot everywhere and get, like, you know, photos and everything, like, good ones, and, and then, um, basically, you know, we'd show people around, you know, show people the photos, or people would see me surf, and then it kind of, it started getting better, like, um, when I started doing it more, and, like, you know, getting better at the sport, and people were like, oh, like, you know, wow, like, dude, I saw you do, like, an air, like, how do you do that, like, like, crazy, and, now it's like I can paddle out to like paddle out like it's barreling at the pier. I can go and paddle out right at the peak and just sit out the back and you know just talk with the guys like it's normal and because um, I'm friend you know it's kind of like you know it's, I've I've grew up surfing there and you know that people you know those guys know me and stuff so it's like I I can go and take off on you know whatever wave I want it's it's cool you know. And, it's more accepting in Florida, I think. And there's, there's, it, Florida paddle scene's huge. It's getting bigger mm-hmm. and bigger like every day. I mean, I think it's because the waves are, are pretty small most of the time. So it's, yeah. You know, that brings up something else. I, I do think that you're going to see, the, so the sports are kind of separated right now. I think in a couple years, you're just going to be a surfer and you're just going to ride whatever's the best thing for the day. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, that's what I do. That's what I look at it like that too. It's like people aren't open minded at all about about it, and it's like it's just another thing to do on the water. It's just another thing to ride on a wave. It's like okay, like I mean, you're surfing, like just at least like you know, I mean, it's in the end of the day, it's surfing. You know, it's that's that's it. You know, it's, yeah. Whether it's with a paddle or not, or if it's a boogie board or a long board or short board, whatever. It, in the end of the day, it's it's surfing basically. So it's, I mean, that's how it. much time. How much time are you spending on a shortboard these days? A lot. I still, yeah. um, I still do QS is like, I, I still doing pro juniors my last year in pro juniors. Um, okay. for, I'll actually be doing the U S open in like in a week, week and a half. And then, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I still do the shortboarding stuff a lot. Um, still spending a lot of time on the shortboard cause it's a great crossover for sure. And it's, um, do you think that. Do you think that stand up helps your shortboarding? Oh yeah, and I think shortboarding yeah. helps the surf uh, stand up too. Yeah, I agree. So it's it's great. You know, it's you know if I'm able to do both, I'm really happy. So it's you know, I'm just, you know I'm just really happy to do, you know just to be able to do a bunch of stuff like on the water, like not just you know stand up all the time, but I can also shortboard, you know a lot, and you know you know ride waves on the race board or whatever it is, and it's just another thing to do on the water. More stuff to do on the water, so it's fun, and then. Um, but yeah, Florida's, Florida's great on the paddle scene. I mean, you know, South Florida, Jupiter's, Jupiter's paddle scene is, is huge now. It's great. Like it's, it's insane. Like there's more racers, there's starting to be more surfers and you know, it's good. It's growing like crazy. And then Europe, um, the French people are so pumped on it. Like there's, when the contest is on, there's so many people there, like, it's just they're like really passionate about it. Like they're like it's cold, it's windy, and or whatever. Like and they're just out there, just hundreds of people watching, and it's like so cool. And it's they're just excited about it. And there's a lot of paddleboarders too. There's a lot of good up and coming like little surfers there, and really good racers too from there. And yeah, it's it's great. Like um, I think probably Europe is ex- a little bit more accepting of it than, than Florida, I'd have to say. Wow. Yeah, just a bit. But, I mean, they're pretty much even, I think. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's great, though. It's, it's really cool. 
I actually saw some uh, some video talking about Florida and Jupiter. Kieran was showing me videos of you guys um, following boats out on the intercoastal a couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah, yeah, it looked fun. Yeah, that was fun. We, uh, yeah, that was cool. I mean, we were actually we were on the Gulf Coast. I just remember. Oh, okay. Yeah, we were uh, they're in Lombo Key, which is right next to like where I'm from. It's like literally, it's like two minutes, and we just went out with their boat. And we grab we uh grab my race boards and we just like paddled out near coastal and just caught all these like yacht wakes and I mean they're going slow enough you can just hop on it and you can just ride it forever and it's like surfing the endless wave basically and it's it's so cool it's like you're going however fast the boat's going or faster and it's just like it's insane like you're just cruising the whole way and you just you don't need to rip. You don't need to like impress anyone. You're just there, just like to enjoy. Like it's like flying, basically. You're just like flying on a on like nothing. But the race board, you're just you can just fly on waves because it's just it. You're gliding like it's so smooth and it's yeah. You're just cruising. It's so it's so fun. So much fun. Very cool. Yeah. Well, anything else you want to touch on, man? It's been a good one. I've enjoyed this. Thanks. Me too. Um. Yeah, I mean, we discussed about boards. I mean, yeah, the boards definitely, I mean, it's getting there, though. It's definitely a progress since I just, you know, when I started the sport to now, it's, like, huge. It's jumped big time. Um, every and, and every company, basically. every Not just Starboard, like, you know, Nash and Fnatic and, um, um, you know, all those brands, basically, have just, you know, done great. And, and uh, yeah, I mean... I think, uh, yeah, I think it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting next couple of years to see where it's gonna take. I mean, it, you know, it's it's not gonna be a bad thing. It's gonna be a good thing, I think. And it's just depending on where it, where it really goes and and where it uh, where the sport takes, you know, its path. And um, I mean, I've heard talk of like it being in the Olympics in 2020, but I'm not sure about surfing. I know about racing. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. That's what I heard, but it may be surfing too if they'd be able to design the wave pool. But it's going to be in Japan, so that could be possible. But um, yeah, I think uh, I think it could could be a good one. And um, yeah, I mean, for the racing it's good. It's just going to get better and better too. The boards and the guys and the training, basically everything's just going to be great. And um, I mean, yeah, it's just. Racing is like a whole nother. It's just a, it's just, it's just a fun thing to do now. It's like it really pushes you, and it's like it's just good. Like it's just a great, healthy like thing to do. I mean, you know, and it's it's funny too because like people like make funny, like tell you to paddle harder and whatever. Like if, if you're like you're paddling past them, it's like they don't realize like how hard it really is to like and how much time you have to put in to really, you know be good at racing and it's like you know i think that's the thing people don't realize about it they need to like realize is like how hard and how much time and dedication it does to for racing because a lot of people don't think that and it's like they just think oh you're just paddling on a a long board and that's it like and you're trying as fast as you can you got to work on your technique you got to work on your endurance you got to work on your balance i mean strategy it's there's so much that goes into it and people don't realize it. And it's kind of like, it's kind of frustrating because nobody like, like you don't, people don't really like 
respect how much you put into it, basically. So that's kind of um, something people, I think, need to open their eyes more about, too, is, you know, is how much, how much you know, props racers should get. I mean, you know, what, you know, everyone, basically. So it's kind of cool. And, you know, so, you know, racing's awesome. And then, uh, yeah. Don't you feel the same way for surfing, though, too? I mean, yeah. from, like, shortboarding to surfing oh. on a small stand-up. Oh. If, I think if shortboarders had any idea how hard it was, there would be a whole different level of respect for the sport. Yeah, because I talked to them. I, it's funny. I was out at Sunset. And I was during a, I was during a pro junior, and I paddled out on my stand-up, and all my friends are like, you know, like, you know, what are you doing on that? I was like, ah, oh, you know, I got messing around. I um, just kind of want to catch a few waves on this because it's a new board and whatever. And I was like, you know, I'm sinking to my knees, and basically, and it's like, it's funny. I'm like, they're kind of like, uh, I'm like, hey, yo, why don't you, why don't you try this? I was like, you know, you claim, you claim it's pretty easy. Why don't you try it? And I was like, and they're like, all right, yeah, I'll try it. They, they couldn't even, they did not even come close to standing up on it. <laughs> they couldn't even stand up with the paddle and the, they're like, toss me the paddle when I stand up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, yeah, see, do you, uh, do you have respect for it now? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny, like, uh, I have a bet here. I've won 300 bucks where someone's kind of giving me a hard time a little bit. It's usually friends. I'm like, all right, here you go. I'll bet you 10 to 1 odds you can't catch a wave on my board in 15 minutes, as high as you want to go. And usually all three of them have been $100 to $1,000. Like I would have lost 1000 bucks, but they had to pay me 100 bucks. And most of them have given up before the uh, – two, two of the three gave up before even the 15 minutes was up. They're just like, I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> I mean – People don't realize that. I mean, also surfing with the paddle, it's a transition and basically knowing it's also, it's like knowing how to use your paddle. That's the big, mm -hmm. it's like, you got to learn pr the appropriate transition of like, okay, which way, which side should I put the paddle on? What's the best way to put the paddle on this side or this side when I'm coming up to do a turn? It's like, put on my inside rail, put on my outside rail. It's like, you have to like, transition. People don't realize that. I mean, it's just a lot of like, just second nature thinking that you like learn as you like do it and it's it's great because it's uh i mean like it's it really you know makes you like instantly react and people don't realize that like people don't like think like oh it's just you're with a paddle you're surfing with a paddle it's like oh it's more than that it's uh you know you gotta have like you got to know which side to put the paddle on for a certain part of the wave. Like if you have to do a quick turn or, or whatever it is and, you know, don't realize that it's like, Oh, it's just, you know, like that. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Just keep talking. Why don't you try it one of these days? Like, <laughs> yes. Well, actually that, that brings up something else that would be fun to chat about for just a second, which is Colin on episode, I don't remember what it was, seven or something like that called you out. I don't know if you knew this. Uh -huh. Called you out on the show saying that you're probably one of the best backside surfers on a stand-up. And uh, he actually was saying he's going to be a judge of the video contest that we're doing. And uh -huh. was saying that he can't wait to see your entry. So I hope that you, you do one. But um, the uh, let's talk backside surfing on a stand-up a little bit. Seeing that you're yeah. one of the best saying you're one of the best. Thank you. Um, thanks, Colin. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, basically, I mean, backside... It's funny because um, my I shortboarding um, kind of we had kind of like take it back a bit, but yeah, the shortboarding side I've 
I, uh, I've, uh, I've always done contests where there's always like rights and it's like, um, I'm always up against regular foots and, you know, I had this one event, I was at a Sebastian Inlet for two day contests and there's two different contests, uh, um, and, uh, basically I, uh, had a, it was like at first peak and it's a right wedge and it was just, uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> did you hear that? Yeah. You can oh, hear that. Yeah, it's in, I forgot to turn off my notification on my thing. Um, sorry about that. Um, anyways, yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, you know, it was like me and all regular foots. I was the only goofy foot in the final and I basically, I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't really think about it. I just worried about, you know, my surfing and basically that. And I, uh, you know, if fish first peaks a fast wave, it's a fast right. And um, basically, I mean, you know, I just did everything I could. I picked off the right waves and, you know, just surfed them the best I could. And I don't know, like, it just felt really good. And I felt really fast. And I felt my backhand was better than my front, my forehand. And I was like, well, this is kind of weird. And, yeah, I ended up winning um, both those events, you know, against those regular foots. And it was kind of like um, – I just kind of like, you know, kind of knew that my backhand was better than my forehand for turns, and it was kind of like weird, but it's almost like better because it's, um, you know, it's harder. You know, backside's harder than frontside because your your back's faced the wave, and it's just, you know, your timing is definitely a lot different, and and that's the thing. It's like backside surfing's a lot harder, I think, than frontside surfing for sure. So. Um, but yeah, anyways, I, to that point now, I, you know, I, I've kind of, um, always felt more comfortable surfing backside than I did frontside for turns. And like, I'd rather surf like a fast wave backside cause it brings the best out of me because it's like, makes me go even faster than like, it makes me my reaction time quicker. Cause I'd rather surf a, I'd rather surf a fast wave than a, a mushy slow wave on my backside so but yeah how are you how do you use your paddle backside uh, you like the the, in, like, the inside it to, yeah just, the inside for sure it just depends like okay so if you're coming off the bottom like straight off and you drop in and you come straight off the bottom i would turn my paddle on the inside so mm -hmm. then you have that sharp bottom turn and then redirect and not change the paddle but just put it on your other side so you're able to do the turn and and then if it's like, if the lips coming off, like coming, starting to come like down on you, you would have it on your outside rail. So you're able to really use it as like a, a leverage so you can push and pull yourself up and over for like the quick turns. I suggest doing, having it on your, so for me, it would be on my left side. I'd have it, which for regular, you, you push, use uh, use heel and toe side. Heel and toe have, side. So yeah. basically, I'd have it on my toe side. So you'd have it on your toe side for I'd quick have it on turns. Toe side for the last minute turns. Yeah. And so you're not so you're not bracing on your bottom turn. You're just doing a regular bottom turn, and then you're you quickly yes. just throwing the paddle in the wave. Right. Uh -huh. And then and then on the heel side, or just maybe mainly for like, you know, like um, open face, like in the pocket, kind of like turns. And then, yeah, I mean, basically, 
you know, for floaters and like last minute, like vertical turns, it's have it on your toe side, basically. And mm-hmm. it's just, you'll learn like, as you like do it, like as you have the experience of like backside stuff, practice on it, you'll be able to mess around and kind of, you know, feel out like in your, your reaction time and everything will just like get faster and faster as you are able to, you know, do the, the transition and stuff. And it's just like also watch videos of like guys doing it too. And, and I mean, you'll just learn it as you go too. And that's kind of like how I, um, managed to figure out how to, you know, surf my backhand better than my front hand, you know, my front side. And I mean, if it's at a right now, like most of the stand up world tour waves are rights, you know, and now like I was kind of like, ah, oh, you know, but now I, I realize it's kind of almost better for me at least. So because a lot of the, it's kind of funny. The goofy foots have better backhands, I think, than the than the regular foots, and the regular foots have better front sides than the goofy foots. It's kind of right. funny because it's like you can kind of see it. It's like, uh, I mean, I'm not trying to call out anybody, any regular foots or anything, but um, just from what I see, I think goofy foots have better backhands. <laughs> you should call them out and just name names. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. I'm joking. But, um, uh, no, not saying like regular foots don't have good backhands, but, um, their front sides, their front side surfing is probably a little bit more on point because, you know, they, they're, you know, they're surfing rights, you know, and we're surfing, mm-hmm. you know, they're surfing on their front side, we're surfing on our backhand. So it's, we kind of have to like really adjust quickly and, you know, you know, basically do good at it. So, but, uh, yeah, I mean, just, uh, you know, hanging, trying to get better at, you know, trying to make myself even, basically. Not, I've been working on my front side surfing a lot and, you know, always still working on my backside, of course. And, um, but, uh, yeah, I definitely love, I definitely like surfing backhand a lot. It's nice. a lot of fun. I, a lot of people don't like it, but I, I really do a lot. It's, it's challenging and it's fun. So it's, it's cool. Well, it shows. So, all right, last last talking point, yeah. and then I'll let you get on with your day, right. do, do more fun stuff. Um, stand up uh, and the tour, and kind of the it's the way the um, it's the best way to explain this is it seems to me as though stand up kind of gets forced into big waves. They kind of it seems like the powers that be, whoever they are or the riders themselves, because there's a lot of guys from Hawaii, tend to push stand-up into bigger surf. Yeah. Instead of in kind of, you know, I'm a Florida boy, you're a Florida boy yeah. at heart. Like, you know, it gets double overhead. That's big for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if, if it's a benefit to have, you've got Sunset, which can be pretty darn big, and then you've got yeah. Tahiti, which can be pretty big and heavy yeah. um, on the tour. Do you think that's a good thing, or would you like to see more events like at lowers? I mean, should should stand up and, and big wave surfing kind of go hand in hand, or or do you don't think uh, that? I think I think they need to. Yeah, personally, I think it's good to maybe have one big wave spot stop, mm-hmm. just because you know it's it just would. I mean, you know, I've. I mean, I'm not comfortable. I mean, I'm not like comfortable in big waves, but I mean, I'll I'll go out there and do it. But it's. I mean, I'm not like. You know, I'm not really. <laughs> You're not catching flights to Jaws when it breaks. Yeah, never. No, I mean, <laughs> you know, like, I just need to get more comfortable. I mean, personally, I'll tell you, I'm not comfortable with, you know, you know, going to like, you know, those spots and stuff. But I mean, 
I'm not, you know, just, but I mean, the thing is though, it's like, I personally think what you're, I just, I just think there needs to be two different ones. If they're going to do a big wave tour, they need to do a big wave tour because, um, I think they need to be more, there needs to be more, um, progressive surfing because right now we're in the, we're in the spot right now where we need to show people outside the industry what what it really is and i think pro- go the level on. of progression is what you yes. mean there i think we need to go more towards progressive progressive yep. surfing and i think that's where it needs to head towards is you know airs turns you know and also i mean you know you know double overhead waves i mean you know not sure. 20 20 foot like 25 foot waves you know and that's kind of like that's kind of more towards the big wave but i mean i wouldn't mind surfing you know 10 12 foot you know waves barreling waves or whatever you know whatever it it is it's just you know basically i mean we're looking more towards i think more like medium to smaller size waves not you know not so much the big wave surfing because i think i mean in the end of the day it's like i think where the sport goes i mean we can definitely get into bigger waves better we can surf the bigger waves easier but i think if we want to have, gain the respect of people outside of the industry, I think we need to m- maybe lean towards more progressive surfing. I think not saying big wave surfing isn't progressive at all. Like right. well, that is, that isn't progressive. I mean, big waves on a stand up is, you know, it's, you know, it's an accomplishment for sure. It's, you know, it's not easy. It's like, uh, it's, it's different. It's, it's a different field than surf shortboarding, like a, like, you know, big wave. And it's, I don't know. It's just, feel like yeah maybe lean towards more progressive you know shortboard surfing like Mm kind of like that i don't know i mean i just think yeah i think that needs to be more more uh because they should maybe do a big wave the big wave tour i think because i think that would really you know turn heads for sure too and yeah i think as the sport progresses they'll definitely be like a longboard tour and then, you know, the normal tour and then the big wave tour. So I think that will be kind of where it should maybe start heading. I actually think it might not be a bad idea just to let people ride whatever they want to in the in the ASP or the, what is it, WSL big wave tour. If you want to ride a stand-up, ride a stand-up. You just have to get under your own power. Yeah. You know? I just don't know how they would be able to do that um, because of just – you know, it's just paddling in, you know what I mean? And, but the thing mm-hmm. is though, it's like, I mean, I think it's different cause you know, it's, you're, you have more of an advantage, you know, on a stand up getting into waves than, you know, paddling in cause you know, paddling into waves is, you're, you're going to be a lot, you know, stand up paddling into waves. It's just going to be better than you're going to get into it easier and faster than a guy who's paddling just on his stomach. Sure. Yeah, unless it's like super offshore or something. Yeah, but. then that's like different. But I think that's like kind of like where they're trying to figure out. And I think, I think they should do a big wave tour because I think it would be great for you know like, you know the big you know the gnarly Hawaiian guys and, you know whoever whoever likes big waves and stuff. I mean, not saying big waves aren't you know great. I mean they're incredible. It's like, but it's just you know I'm, I'm not. Used I think to- it's a, I think it's a different sport. It is. You know, it's a whole other animal. I mean, those guys are just, those guys are bred to surf you know, big waves and stuff. And I mean, I can, I mean, I've surfed big waves. I mean, I've surfed like as big as sunset can hold and stuff, but 
it's, you know, it's scary. Like, those guys enjoy it. <laughs> That's the funny thing. It's like, those guys are, you know, those guys are, you know, gnarly. It's like, it's, those guys are all another animal. Like, they're, they're crazy. But, uh, yeah, I think those guys would probably really enjoy it if they had a, I think even some of the big wave surfers would go into the big wave tour for stand up. Yeah, for sure. That might actually happen. That'd be kind of cool. I've surfed heats at sunset with like Grant Twiggy Baker. And like, like I've had heats with them and at like sunset when it was huge and it was, uh-huh. it was cool. And I was like, you know what? Like that kind of changed my mind. I was like, you know what? If they did a big wave tour, he, that guy would do it. And, um, I'm sure a lot of guys would do it. You know, Claude Alexander's like, he does it. I mean, he does the big wave stuff and he's gnarly, you know, he's crazy. <laughs> he's, you know, insane. Always, he's like charging jaws and everything. Like yeah. it's on a stand up or whatever. Um, it, you know, it could be more fun to watch than the, uh, the paddling world tour. Yeah. Because I mean, you're, you know, it's, those guys are just like putting themselves on the line, but they're, you know, for what they love, but they're killing it. You know what I mean? They're, you know, they're absolutely, you know, destroying it. So, but yeah, I think, I think they do need to make a big wave tour. Cause I think that would be a great thing for the whole industry too. It's like a whole nother market basically. Yep. So, and then longboarding too. I mean, you got guys like Colin McPhillips who long, I mean, not saying he doesn't, you know, do the normal standup, but also too, I think he would love to do be in, you know, a part of that, you know, longboarding push too. Yeah. That's a whole nother thing you can, you can provide also. Cause it's just, yep. it's like, you know, you got those guys who kind of, you know, have that, you know, you know, insane longboard style and it's like, they want to kind of get in this, try something different and you got stand up longboarding on a tour and you got that and it's like, boom, you know, it's, then you have a whole nother group of people, a whole nother market, a whole nother set of people that want to be a part of the longboarding scene. And that's well, yeah, even Fisher too. Fisher, Fisher would love that too because he's an insane longboarder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like you got you got those guys too. So that'd be fun. Yeah, I think I think once it starts, like I think it'll start branching off. I mean, not saying the stand-up world tour shouldn't have any bigger wave stops. I mean, not like crazy big waves, but like you know, you know, like fifteen foot, like twelve foot, you know, whatever, whatever it is. You know what I mean? But uh. Yeah, I think it needs to be more rippable stuff. I think, though, too. Personally, I think it's. I think it's better for the growth of the sport. Yeah, just because more people just, can identify with ripping their little beach break where they live versus right. twenty foot sunset. Yeah, I mean, not saying yeah. like I think. I mean, sunset. Sunset's a good spot to have a contest because it's so like it. It challenges the surfers out there because like I'm just you can you can rip the bag out of it but also it's like you know you have you can have a gnarly drop there too like and make it and it's like i think that's a good spot to have it there at and um i really like sunset i think it's a great wave and um you know i have a lot of respect for it and i think they should definitely keep that spot on the tour but um yeah i think also it's just maybe having just a couple more i think it's just mainly going towards the ripping of it and then when we get to the point where it's like now it's like oh, okay now like people have people know what it's about then you can maybe start considering you know changing up spots and going to like more, like just chopu or something like that yeah yeah 
Well, Giorgio, thanks a ton for the time, man. This, uh, was, a cool, this was a cool chat. Thanks for having me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah thanks, thanks a bunch, dude. Have a great day. It's the Paddle Podcast.